All right, so let's move into the sermon for today. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, well, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever it was, I can't remember now, um, we started this series on identity. And the very first sermon, we talked about how God defines who we are. There's so many ways that we look at other things to define us, but ultimately it is God, our creator, the one who made us, he is the one who defines who we are. That's what we said the first week. The second week, we talked about how we are made in his image, and that image is not something that we do or something that is inside us. It is our status, that God himself has said, you are my image, you are to represent me, you are to reflect me, you are to have a unique relationship with me, and, and therefore, no matter what you do or where you go or what your life is like, you are my image here on earth. And we talked about how sin does not destroy that. It doesn't make it lost. It hinders us from being the full reflection of God, but it doesn't destroy it. And that means that every single person, as we'll talk about today, no matter who you are, you are still created in the image of God, even if there's sin in your life. And, well, let's just face it, all of us have sin in our lives. But that doesn't destroy the fact that we are in this, made in the image of God. And then the last, before we go into the sermon for today, we saw that Jesus is the standard of, of what it means to be the image of God. And so if we really want to live out to the fullness of what it means to be the image of God, Jesus shows us what that is. Um, and then before, I, one more plug, we, the Sunday school class that we're doing, we're covering some of this information kind of on a different level. So I would encourage all of you, if you um, are not already involved in a Sunday school class, please come to the Fellowship Hall Sunday School class. This is where we're digging into this even deeper and talking about it even more. It will be a great encouragement to you if you do. Well, I promised two weeks ago before I got sick that the next week we were going to look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 again, and that's what we're going to do today. So here's God's word from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, and he says... Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let me pray for us. Uh, Lord, we are so thankful for your word. And, and today, I, I don't know where all of us stand. I, I really don't. But you do. And you know exactly what each one of us needs to hear from this particular passage and from this particular sermon. Holy Spirit, will you work in each one of us that what we really need to hear, what you really want to say to us, would come through clearly and well, and that it would produce fruit in our lives because our hearts would be good soil that would produce that fruit. And most of all, will you continue to fix our eyes on Jesus and to see that 
He is not only our Savior, for those of us who believe, not only our, our God and our Lord, but He is what we're going to be conformed to, to really play this image out in our lives. So help us to see that and to live it out. We pray, Jesus, in your name and for your glory, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, our one true God. Amen. <clears throat> so there's a, um, a guy named Tom Zuniga, and I believe he lives up in North Carolina. You may or may not have heard of him, but he takes teens, troubled teens, on hiking trips into the mountains of North Carolina, and they hike for a long time, and, and they spend some time together, and they engage with one another, and it's, he really enjoys doing that. But he tells the story of how he was with a group of the teenage boys, and they were hiking in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and one teenager, after about several miles, just threw his backpack down on the floor, on the ground, not on the floor, on the ground, and then he sat down in the dirt, and he refused to move. And so they all stopped, and they said, hey, what's going on? And he wouldn't speak. Ten minutes passed by, he didn't say anything. Twenty minutes passed by, he still didn't say anything. Thirty minutes passed by, and they're still all standing around saying, oh, we need to get going before the sun sets. And finally, he opened his mouth, and he blurted out, I'm worthless. I'm pointless. I'm pathetic. I'm hopeless. And as Zuniga heard this teen verbally berate himself that way, his heart went out to him. And he tried to help him, but he also recognized that what this teen was saying about himself was something that he had dealt with too that he too had felt worthless, pointless, hopeless, pathetic. As I say all of that, I wonder how many of us in this room have felt the same way. I know I could raise my hand to that. Feeling worthless, feeling pathetic, feeling hopeless. It's an epidemic that mirrors what's going on with the uh, COVID virus. It is something that a lot of people are dealing with. And especially last year when we had this uh, shutdown and we were all kind of isolated, that made things even worse for many. Well, what does God have to say about a person who thinks that they're worthless? A person who thinks they're pathetic? A person who thinks that they're hopeless? A person who says, you know, I'm, I, I'm without point. I am pointless. Here's what he has to say. Our first point for today. As those created in the image of God, we have significant dignity and worth. 
as those created in the image of God, we have significant dignity and worth. Look at this passage again from Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, think about that. I know if you've been in Sunday school, you've probably heard that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. But if you really let that sink in, the God who created everything, right? The God, the ultimate self-sufficient being, who created all things and he sustains all things and he rules over all things, the God who knows all things, the God who is wise beyond our comprehension, the the God who has power to do more than we can even imagine, the God who is perfect in every single way, that God says of you, you are created in my image. That's an honor that he has bestowed upon us. And it gives us automatic dignity and worth. I mean, think about it. What other creature in all of the world, in all of the universe, has been given the title image of God? It wasn't lions. Wasn't tigers, wasn't bears, oh my, yeah, I knew that was coming. It wasn't even angels. I mean, think about that. It wasn't even angels. The only created thing, being, in all of the universe that has the title in Scripture image of God is a human being. And he gave us this status on earth to be his representatives here on earth. He gave us the status to reflect him and his glory by our very existence. He gave us this status to have a unique relationship with him that no other being, no other thing in all the universe has that relationship. Do you see what dignity that gives to you? as a human being? Do you see what worth that gives to you as a human being? We have significant dignity and worth because God bestowed the status upon us. Now think about this. I want, again, this might be one of those things that, you know, okay, dignity and worth, yeah, I got it. But imagine if we treated each other this way. Imagine if we, when we saw each other, And we greeted one another. We didn't say, hey, what's up? We said, your majesty. And we did it without any sarcasm or any sense of irony. That gives you at least a glimpse 
of the dignity and honor that has been bestowed upon us by God himself, by making us in his image. And I want you to hear this because this, this is the point that I really want to camp out on for a while. All right? Not only is this true of us in this room, but this is true for every human being. It's true for every human being. Take a look at the passage again. Then God said, let us make man. Now some people would say, well, see, it says man there. And the word actually is in Hebrew, Adam, which we would get our word Adam from. And he said, well, maybe God just made Adam in his image and then, you know, something went wrong after that. But you have to read in context because the word Adam can mean either Adam or man as a single human being or mankind, humankind. And you have to read the context. So let's read the context. Then God said, let us make Adam in our image after our likeness and let them, plural, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over every and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created Adam in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. And just in case somebody started to think, well, this is only talking about men here. He says male and female. He created them. Unfortunately, history is marked by people who have defined the image of God in such a way that favored themselves and disregarded others who were different than them. Did you know that there were times where certain men oppressed women because they taught that only men were made in God's image? And that happened within church history. In these men's eyes, women were not created in the image of God at all, or that women were kind of like an image of God light, you know, like diet image. But that's not what the scripture says. Nowhere will you find that. Did you know that there was a time when certain white Europeans justified slavery, oppression, murder, and theft when it involved blacks or Native Americans? Why? Because they did this by proclaiming themselves in the image of God, and since blacks and Native Americans were not like them in some ways, they were savages who were less than human, less than the image of God. And did you know that in his 1927 book, Mein Kampf, Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler saw the stronger members of, the, of society as, and this is a quote, images of the Lord, but the weaker members, in his mind, of society were deformities that need to be cleansed from society. 
This is why this is important for us to recognize. It bears not only on the way we think about ourselves, it bears on the way we treat others. If you are a human being, you are created in the image of God and therefore you have significant dignity and worth. And that goes for every single human being. And the married ones too. Just want to make sure you understood that. Allow me to drive this point home. And, and, and some of you are going to think this is overkill. That's fine. But I really want us to grasp this. Whatever gender you are, male or female, or even if you consider yourself some other category, you are still made in the image of God and therefore you have dignity and worth. Whatever your marriage status may be, whether you're single, engaged, married, separated, divorced, you have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your skin pigmentation may be, from fair to dark, you have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your height may be, whether you're tall or you're like me and short, or your average. You have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your size, whether you're thin or you're stout or you're somewhere in between, you have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your IQ may be, whether you are profoundly disabled or whether you are profoundly gifted, you have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your age may be, whether you are a baby in the womb or you are a hundred years old and on your deathbed, you are created in the image of God and therefore you have dignity and worth. Whatever your abilities, whether you are a bedridden invalid or a versatile Renaissance man or woman, you have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your physical health status, from dying of multiple diseases to a hearty, able-bodied, health nut athlete. You have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your mental and emotional health status, from having severe depression to having severe anxiety to having bi being bipolar to having OCD or whatever the host of different uh, diagnoses there may be, whether you're any of that or whether you are too blessed to be stressed. You have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your belief systems are, whether you are an atheistic nihilist or a polytheistic syncretist or an evangelical Christian, you still have dignity and worth because you are created in the image of God. Whatever your political beliefs are, uh -oh, I know. Whether you are a progressive leftist socialist or a far-right fascist extremist, you have dignity and worth because you were made in the image of God. 
Whatever your personality is, whether you are an extrovert or an introvert, you're open-minded or closed-minded, you're impulsive or you're cautious, you're agreeable or argumentative, you're balanced or neurotic, you have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your social status may be, whether you are the popular socialite that everybody loves or you are the secluded recluse that nobody knows, you have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your legal status is, whether you are a good, upstanding citizen or you are a hardened felon guilty of heinous crimes, you still have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Whatever your nationality may be, whatever your culture may be, whatever your taste in food, drink, and entertainment may be, whatever your disability, whatever strengths, whatever weaknesses you may have, whether you make a positive contribution to society or not, you have dignity and worth because you were created in the image of God. Maybe some of those statements made you uncomfortable. And I get it. Maybe you're thinking, well, Stuart, I can agree with some of that, but some of that seems like you went a little too far. Again, I get it. We live in a world where dignity and worth are largely based on performance. How well we perform. How much money do you make? How fast can you get it done? How successful are you? Have you ever been convicted of a crime? Have you ever been arrested? How well do you fit into society? How many views do you have on YouTube? How many likes do you have on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok? How many people follow you? These are the ways that we tend to measure a person's dignity and worth. But God grounds our dignity and worth in this. Primarily, he says, you have dignity and worth because you are my image here on earth. You are created in my image, and that automatically gives you dignity and worth. Now, listen, because I know what this crowd is like. I know there's always somebody in the group that says, but, but, but. Okay, let me, let me deal with the but, all right? Performance does matter. It does. There is such a thing called justice, for example. And if you harm another person, then yes, justice needs to be done. But that is keeping with the idea that we are created in the image of God. It doesn't take away from it. We are upholding both the responsibility and the dignity of the person who has been harmed and the person who harmed them by doing justice. So maybe we, might, you know, maybe we might argue about the finer points of what justice looks like, but if we take Scripture seriously, our treatment of the offended and the offender must take into account that both of them are created in the image of God. And no matter what our performance has been like, we are still created in the image of God, and therefore, simply for that reason, we have significant dignity and worth, and this is true for every human being. 
did I make myself clear on that? I probably left out some folks. I'm sorry if I did that for you. I tried to cover a lot of ground. Now, so what? <laughs> I would say that if we really believe this, if we really truly believe that every single person, and every married person, as I said earlier, every person on earth is created in the image of God and therefore has significant dignity and worth, this truth, this truth that we're talking about here, it has considerable implications not only for how we view ourselves, but also for how we treat others. Let me say that again. It has considerable implications not only for how we view ourselves, but also for how we treat others. Let's start with how we view ourselves. In, in 2019, a year before COVID, a year before all of the shutdown caused depression and anxiety and that sort of thing really skyrocket, in 2019, a study of millennials, and if you don't know what age millennials are, that's pages 22 through 38, it revealed some troubling statistics about how young adults see themselves. 80%, think about that, 80% of the people who were asked said that they believe they are not good enough in virtually every area of life. Not good enough in every area of life. Now, nobody can be good, uh, you know, good in every area of life, but there's nobody on the face of the earth that's bad in every area of life. That's, if you are a sentient human being who's walking around and doing something, you can't be bad at everything. But this is the way they saw themselves. 75% admitted that they constantly feel overwhelmed by a pressure to succeed in their careers, to find a meaningful romantic relationship, to meet others' expectations, and to maintain a presence on social media. And 80% said that these thoughts have negatively impacted their sleep, and they admit that their overall mental health has suffered. They're going back to what the guy that I talked the team that I talked about at the very beginning, they're seeing themselves as not really worthy of anything. Not really having worth. Again, I wonder how many of us who are not millennials struggle with this. Again, I, I know I have. But I know that part of the reason why this is the case is because we find our identity in something other than what God says. Mainly, our performance. How well am I doing? How well am I measuring up? You know what God's Word says about measuring up? For all have sinned, and all fall short of the glory of God. Nobody measures up. Welcome to the party. Nobody does. 
But that doesn't change the fact that God created us in His image and therefore we have dignity and worth. Even if we do fail to live up to our own standards or the standards of others or even God's standards, He still says, you are still created in my image and therefore you have dignity. You have worth. So what would happen to our mental and emotional well-being if instead of seeing ourselves primarily through the grading scale of performance, we saw ourselves first and foremost as I have been created in the image of God? What if we started every morning with that? I'm not saying that you stand in the mirror and give yourself positive affirmations. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, tell yourself the truth. I was created in the image of God. That's what he says. And that gives me great dignity. That gives me great worth. I can't be worthless because I was created in that image. I can't, um, I can't have a lack of meaning in my life because God has given me meaning. That's how we can change. This, that's how this affects the way we see ourselves. But there are also considerable implications for the way we view others. <sighs> I'm going to go back to a passage that we looked at a few weeks ago. Uh, James chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Where James is writing about the tongue. And he says, no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. The implication here is the way we treat the image is the way we treat God. Let me give you an illustration of this. This is one of my favorite pictures of my children. And I, I would have had it blown up and shown on the screen, but um, the pixelation wasn't very good, so we're just doing it this way. This sits in my office, and every day that I sit in my office, I look up at it, and I see my beautiful kids. They got their beauty from their mother. But I will say that when, when I see this, it brings back a lot of fond memories of their childhood. I mean, they're still in their childhood, but you know, when they were younger, and, and it just, it, it warms my heart every time I look at this picture. Now, if I stepped out of my office one day and I caught one of you in my office and you had this in your hand and you had a lighter in your hand and you were starting to burn it, you know what I would do? Probably something that a pastor shouldn't do. <laughs> Why? Because, okay, this is just a frame, and it's just paper, and it's got an image on it. What's the big deal? It represents my kids. It reflects my kids. It, get, it has this relationship with me because I look at them and I go, that's my kids. These are my children, and you don't mess with my children. You hear me? They're, they're my kids. 
Don't you be going after them. So if you mess with this image, you're messing with them in my mind. Same is true for God. He's created us in His image, every one of us. And so when we harm another human being, when we curse another human being, in some way, fashion, or form, that is going right back up to God. Maybe that's why Jesus said in Luke 6, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, because they're created in the image of God. Maybe that's why in Romans 12, 14, Paul writes, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Maybe that's why. So you have been created, and everyone we know has been created in the image of God, and therefore we have significant dignity and worth. But I want you to hear this one last thing before we um, go into um, some more application. Our Our view of our dignity and worth is heightened even more when we consider the indignation and the dishonor that Jesus was willing to take on for us. Folks, The the indignation and the dishonor that Jesus, the Son of God, very God of very God, was willing to take on to save us, to renew His image in us, for us. If you were on vacation, let's say uh, whether you like to go to the beach, it's your favorite beach destination, or whether you like to go to the mountains, your favorite mountain destination, or or wherever it is that you like to go on vacation. And you turn on the news, and you see on the the news that there is a a sewage problem in Sumter. The sewage is coming up through the toilets. They're coming out throughout the faucets. They're running in the streets. It's just off. It's a mess. And they say, we don't have enough people to clean it up. How many of you would volunteer to leave your vacation and clean up some sewage? Not many of us, I don't think. And what if I told you, now this is, this is out there, sorry, this is a weird one. What if I told you that you said, yeah, I'll do that, I'll come back and help clean up, and they say, oh, well, we found this new way of cleaning up sewage, and it involves you being stripped naked, and then you have to be beaten, and then you have to be uh, strung up on a pole in order for the sewage to be cleaned. Would you do that? you go, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. Now think about Jesus. The Son of God left all of the glory and the wonder and the cleanliness... <laughs> of heaven itself, and he came down to our mess. And he dealt with our mess by being stripped naked, whipped, beaten to a pulp, and then hung on a cross to clean up our mess, to renew us to be the images of God we were meant to be. 
that in and of itself says God is willing to go to great lengths to renew his image. And that in and of itself shows you that there's some dignity and worth still there in you. That God would be willing to give up his son that way. So, what do we do with this? Action point, here it is. Remind yourself daily, remind yourself daily of both your status and the status of everyone with whom you interact as created in the image of God. How do you do that? You can do it in many ways. Put a a sticky note on your mirror in the morning that says you were created in the image of God. Put a sticky note on your car. I've thought about doing this for myself. Put a sticky note in your car that says that guy who, who just ran in front of you, the guy who just cut you off, the guy who just ran through the stoplight when he wasn't supposed to and made you have to put on brakes, that guy's made in the image of God. So don't curse him. Because that reflects back on God. Maybe put it on your computer screen when you're typing on uh, Facebook or some other social media and there's somebody that you disagree with and you think, I can disagree with the person without labeling them something nasty. Because that person's made in the image of God. Whatever it is that you need to do to remind yourself of that, just find a way to remind yourself daily that you and everyone you come in contact with is created in the image of God. That's it. Just do that. And by the power of the Spirit, and in the name of Jesus, let's see and treat others as those created in God's image. And I'm going to pray for us that we'll be able to do that. Holy Spirit, we need you. Sin has so corrupted our minds and our thoughts that we tend to think of ourselves wrongly. And we need your truth. We need your, your truth to invade our mind and remind us who we really are. And Holy Spirit, we, our, our thoughts are not only messed up about ourselves, they're messed up about the way we see other people. And we, we have a tendency, if we're not lowering ourselves, we, we tend to have a, a desire to exalt ourselves and to make ourselves bigger and better than everybody else and look down on other people, but remind us that those are folks who are made in the image of God too. Remind us that we all have dignity and worth, and even if we disagree, and even if the person has not measured up in some way, they still need to be seen as the image of God, even as we treat them with justice, even even when we have to have tough love. We still see them as created in your image, and so therefore we treat them with dignity and respect. Help us to do that. And most of all, remind us that Jesus suffered great indignity. That Jesus, you came and emptied yourself to take on the form of a servant so that we 
would have salvation. You who were rich, you made yourself poor so that by your poverty we might be rich. Help us to fix our eyes on you, Jesus, and remind ourselves of that, that we would want to be more like you, willing, willing to love other people even if it makes us lower in some ways in other people's eyes. And Lord, most of all, do this for your glory, for our good, and for the good of the people around us in this community. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.